0: A very special thanks to our $5 fans Andrew Anker, Carl Nelson, Stephen Fox, David McCreath, Brendan Atkins, Lucius Quack, Scott Faring, Jared May, Michael Tofias, Tommy Brown, Revision Path, John Locke, Jana Kaur, and Neil Dickinson.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by TypeKit. I like those guys. You are listening to Let's Make Mistakes with Mike Montero.
0: And Jesse Char.
1: Do we usually do that intro? Uh,
0: I don't think we do. I think usually we have like a third person. And so uh, we're both uh, pretty concerned with who is going to be introducing that person. And we forget who we are.
1: We sometimes have a third person. Yeah. I'm exhausted.
0: Oh my god. I right now I'm kind I'm not exhausted where I did a lot today, so I'm still feeling very hyper. But the second I'm done with this I'm gonna go home and I'm going to collapse and probably sleep for what will what I would like to do for three days, but then I'll wake up again early tomorrow and work very hard.
1: You just got back from a trip, right?
0: Oh I did. Fun business trip.
1: A business trip.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Trying to get a client.
0: Trying to get a client. I think it worked.
1: Let's hope it worked.
0: Yeah. If any of you, if any of you are listening, just uh, yeah. No, it went and, very well.
1: And if you are Jesse's potential mystery client, <laughs> might I say you could do no better than hiring Jesse.
0: Actually, uh, the mystery client was like, so you used to work with Mike Montero. I was like, oh, now yeah. I'm going
1: to steal your client."
0: No, it's not the right kind of work for you guys. It's a uh, you know different so platform.
1: You did used to work here.
0: I did. It's
1: been a while now.
0: It has been.
1: And then you went off. I did. And you started your own company, mm-hmm. your own client services company. Yeah. Which I was very excited about. Yeah,
0: and I don't think I don't think we thus far have robbed any mule type business. No,
1: no, you haven't.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I'd be very proud of you if you did.
0: Yeah, I would feel uncomfortable if I did, but, you know.
1: No, we've sent, th- <laughs> we've sent some things your way as well. Yeah. Um, and now, I mean, one of the things that's been happening and for one of the things that just happened while we were sitting here in this room trying mm-hmm. to decide what we wanted to talk to you guys about is um, we now commiserate.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: We, we now So we both run client services studios. Mm-hmm. So before we start recording the show, there's usually like a good 15 minutes of commiserating about client services.
0: Yeah, it's usually me asking Mike for advice on how to deal with my life now. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it's not just here, sometimes it is over AM every day. <laughs> but, Which
1: I'm I'm happy to do.
0: Yeah, I figure you are. That's why I take advantage of it.
1: Um so I have I have a question for you. Go ahead. Why do you do it? Because that's a question that I ask myself once in a while. Oh, I ask myself, why do that we too. do this?
0: Gosh, I mean, so I ask myself that a lot because doing what we do is, and I, I, I don't mean to say this in, in a way that it sounds like I'm exaggerating, but it's deeply stressful. And I mean that in a day to day, I'm mostly fine, but there's like that deep level, that root level inside of me that's always terrified of things going wrong or me messing up and messing things up for other people.
1: So for, for those who might not be familiar with client, with what we're talking about, client services, bear with me a second. Um, client services is when you go out and get clients. Yep. So,
0: you know, we mostly don't really, um, focus on making our own products that we sell for, uh, for money, but we focus on um, making other people products. We,
1: so. Yeah, we solve problems yeah. for other people. And that means that we have to go out and find those people who will hire us and then convince them to hire us. Um, and we're usually competing about other people against other people who also want to get hired.
0: Yep. One advantage I think uh, that we definitely had a mule and that we have a Pacific helm is that the seeking out of clients. A lot of people seek us out. Um, and it's kind of a matter of reading through that and then potentially bidding against other people, figuring out if it even makes sense. Right. All of that, which is, it's the hard part.
1: And not every client <laughs> is right for you. Nope. And sometimes I get clients here who aren't right for me, but they're right for you. Mm-hmm. And I tell them about you and how great you are. So by the time they show up at your door, they've already got a reference.
0: Yep. And if there were people large enough to refer to you guys, we would do that. But we get little we get smaller things now.
1: But we could both be we could both be working for somebody else.
0: We could be like Facebook? You well, want to work for Facebook, right?
1: I think I've burnt that bridge a long time ago. I think
0: they'll still take you. Just talk to Mark. <laughs> Just have a nice Hold on. He's, nice in my, he's in my fives. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um so, I mean, we could go work at a large company mm-hmm. where we can just go do our thing and not have to worry about, like, who's going to who's gonna be our next client, Yeah, who's going to help us keep the door open. Yeah,
0: you just kick back, you drink that free kombucha, and you let the money pour in. We I think go, that's how it works. It's I think jobs. so, yeah.
1: Um, and somebody else, maybe somebody that you'll never, ever meet, is the person worried about the flow of cash.
0: Yeah, and paying the health insurance bill on time.
1: And, and the rent.
0: And the rent. And,
1: and the you, dental. You just go about your business because this is not things that concern you.
0: Yeah. So why don't you do that?
1: Because I didn't like doing that.
0: Yeah, I didn't either. I, I mean, didn't. I, I did a little bit, you know. This just felt like the right thing for me now.
1: Yeah. You could go work at a startup.
0: Oh, I could. I don't know if it's, I mean, I was going to say, I don't know if any of them would want me. I mean, I'm a little bit more confident about my person than that. Um,
1: I'm sure you could – look, here, let's do this. All right, if, you, uh, if you're looking to hire Jesse Char and you're listening to this podcast <laughs> and you work at a startup, uh, just tweet about it as soon as you hear this.
0: Probably I'm not looking. I'm not looking, but I'm curious. I mean, aren't you always curious?
1: I'm always curious. We just
0: saw we just saw uh that what is that? Texting WhatsApp. WhatsApp just got bought. WhatsApp. For nineteen billion dollars. Which I
1: I which I had never heard of.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that we're in that special case where we are the small demographic. Who doesn't use it? Because right. we have iMessage,
1: right? And then I went, I um, I went and found out about it, and it turns out it has this this incredibly huge international audience, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what they're for. Yeah, um, is for enabling international messaging. Yeah, um, so it makes total sense. Uh, nineteen billion does not make sense. That's I. <sighs> That's an insane amount of money.
0: I worked at Mule when the Instagram deal went through, and I I just remember all of us being flabbergasted about that. And at the time, we worked like half a block away from the Instagram office, where they had like ten or eleven employees, and I saw them all at lunch that day, the day that the uh, the announcement happened. And just like I don't know, a billion dollars. It's so funny because like you know, you see c- people kind of griping on Twitter, being like, "Oh, they sold out." Like, put that in perspective. A billion dollars. Like, if some if some sort of like a wizard were to come to you to your door and be like, "Mike, for one billion, like we'll pay for your son's college and his son's college and his son's college. Your whole family forever will be okay. All you have to do is ride this horrible bus." Down to Palo Alto five days a week for done. two years. Done. I mean, done. Right? Let's
1: be honest. Yeah. Um, it's magic. I mean, you had me at my son's college. Yeah. Because that's, you know, that's something that as a parent I worry about. Yeah. So knowing that I would never have to worry about that mm-hmm. and that it would cost me maybe three years or two or three years mm-hmm. of working for somebody. And my, like, you you do anything for your kids.
0: Yeah. I mean, my kids don't exist, so all that money goes to me. Sure. And, <laughs> you know, uh, my kids are just, you know, my living room, my kitchen, my bedroom, my hallway. Oh, I'd probably get a better apartment, let's be and honest. And
1: Brad and Clarko. Oh, and those
0: kids. <laughs> yeah, My other kids. Your other it's kids. True. It's true. have to buy them a yacht or whatever.
1: Oh, they would demand it, I would think.
0: I heard that Google or Facebook or probably Google was, like, testing out, like, a like a boat, a boat shuttle. or thinking about doing a boat shuttle instead of a bus shuttle. Yeah. I think that that is delightful. That sounds delightful. I like boats. I like boats.
1: I don't know. None of this makes sense. None of this makes much sense to me anymore, it to doesn't, be honest It doesn't with to you. me either. I don't, like...
0: What also doesn't make sense to me is that Bitcoin just imploded. Well, no, I'm sorry. It makes sense to me that Bitcoin imploded. It didn't make sense to me that there was a thing to implode.
1: I th- you know, when you say Bitcoin, I think of Mario jumping up and down on shit and coins yeah. flying around. Yeah, Bitcoins. Yeah.
0: Um uh did you hear about the news about Mount Gox? And
1: I you know, I saw I saw it. I saw people talking about it on Twitter. I th- saw that it was related to Bitcoin. And I like whatever. I yeah. don't really care. The most I, the most research I've done on Bitcoin was there is a Good Wife episode called Bitcoin for Dummies, and I watched that. <laughs> oh,
0: I need that. Should watch it. Yeah, because all I understand that it's a an alternate currency that's just made up of data on a computer. Which I understand that our U.S. currency is also data on a computer. Uh, but somebody like hacked Mount Gox, the largest Bitcoin trade. Obviously, I'm stumbling over each word that I say and, like, stole all of their Bitcoins and they didn't realize it. But that's just so weird to me. It's like an Ocean's Eleven type thing except on a computer and they brought down a company and now Bitcoin is dying? I don't know.
1: Have you read uh, Ready Player One? No. You should. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's about uh, lot, lots of, like, retro 80s video games and music and movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's about this guy who does stuff in a virtual reality world and Mm -hmm. like fights the man and it's pretty good. Um, But this whole thing sounds like a subplot from that book.
0: Yeah. I mean, Mt. Gox, I don't know if you're aware, Mt. Gox Gox stands for, do you know what it stands for? I have no idea. So Mt. Gox is around before Bitcoin, it predates Bitcoin. It used to be an exchange for something else, something that you may have heard of the Magic the Gathering online exchange. Okay,
1: none of this makes any sense to me anymore. You know those cards? None, I, where you I, pretend to yeah, be a I wizard them. with
0: pieces of paper? Yeah. Yeah, and like pebbles? I don't know how it works. Pebbles. I, I played Pokemon, and that had pebbles in it. I don't know. So back to work. Back to work. Client
1: services, Client Jessie. services. Client, Why do we do it? The most difficult... The rockiest of all paths
0: it is the rockiest of all paths because we are current like we are constantly I don't know what the right analogy would be we're carving our own path out and we're trying to like pave it at the same time or something like that
1: you know what it's it's like it's like you're building a railroad
0: mm-hmm.
1: or and you're you're taking the the what do you call them? The big wooden studs? Uh, the trees? The, the railroad ties. Oh, it's like yeah. you're moving the railroad ties that the, that the train just went over. You're running them from the back of the train to the front of the train really quickly.
0: Yeah. And like you're cutting down the trees in front of you to make more of them. Right. At the same time. And there's a train approaching. And you'll die.
1: Except <laughs> the, on- so dark. <laughs> the, the, only, the only track that exists mm-hmm. is just... Barely bigger than the train itself, because you're constantly moving it from the back to the front again. Yeah, and then and
0: then like once a day, people are like, "Can you get snacks?"
1: I'm pretty sure there's a there's a Bugs Bunny cartoon that has that. Surely, there's probably an animated. I hope there's an animated GIF of that scene.
0: So then I guess selling out is like the equivalent of getting one of those big black dots and just creating a tunnel. Yeah, like an easy tunnel. Why don't we do that? Well, I still like what I do, even though I am.
1: (laughs) Are you putting your company up for sale on the podcast?
0: <laughs> uh, if anybody would like, was interested in purchasing Mule Design Studio. <laughs> wait, that's
1: not your company. Tweet that's my Mike. company, Mike. You, you can't, did it to wait, me. You, you can't, can't sold sell me out. You can't sell my company.
0: You sold me out to startups. We can sell each other out. It's fine. It's just a little give and take. All right, we each get
1: a five percent commission on each other's company. Okay. <laughs> wait a minute. I'm going to regret that.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're bigger. This works out for me. <laughs> anyway. Uh why are we still doing it for the joy of the work?
1: You know, I I on good days I do it because I get to meet all of these new people. Mm-hmm. I don't work with the same people for years and years. I work with different groups of people for a few months. Mm-hmm. And we go in and we meet them, and they do something interesting, and it's something that you know. I know I I, I don't know that much about when I get there, mm-hmm. so it's cool to 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 find out about this new thing they do, yep. and then to, you know, up apply your expertise and help them do it better, mm-hmm. and and you know they're they're all, they're very grateful at the end if if you don't screw it up. Um, and you, you just, you feel like you you made somebody's life a little better. Yeah. And by extension, the people who are using their product are going to have a better experience with that. So you made their lives a little better. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the good part. That's yeah. the fun part.
0: And I mean, I think that I, uh, I'm not a technically a designer because i don't do anything in photoshop but for the purpose of this whoa podcast, whoa
1: whoa I, whoa I whoa. <laughs> whoa that's not what makes you a designer i know
0: i know All i right. don't i personally uh as a there part were of,
1: designers before photoshop Jessie. i know
0: i know but i as a part of my job i do not design for money um but uh at least for the part of that process that i am present for i've definitely gotten much better at it because of client work Because you have to work with so many different kinds of people. And now I feel like if I were to go and take my skills to somebody else, whether it's another company far off in the future or my next client, um, I just know so much more than I did a year ago, than I did three years ago. Um, So I think that, you know, we're helping our clients, but I think that they're helping us too.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Not just because they're giving, they're making it rain, you know, like they do all the time.
1: Fair, they get a fair value. Yep. Um, and you know, the other reason that I like running my own shop is I get to pick and choose what to work on.
0: Yep. It's nice that um, you know I. Um, it's actually been a little while since I've worked at a company that is like product based instead of client based. But there's also that kind of freedom of at the end of the day, um, you know, your contribution to the product you can kind of contribute to it, and then it's somebody else's thing um you don't have to live with it forever which i don't know i maybe i'm wording that poorly um but it's kind of it is uh you know there are pressures that we have uh for being client work companies and there are pressures that we don't have for not working at a a, something like a startup um because i think that they have much more insidious worries like getting their investors and, uh, running out of kombucha.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I imagine that, um, do doing the investor dance, mm-hmm. which, I mean, I've had people do the investor dance yep. where, you know, there are people who really, really, really wanted to build a product mm-hmm. and they, at, at, at some point they'd They need funding to to keep building that product. So their life becomes about meeting with investors and you know putting decks together and Mm -hmm. selling their decks. And that's that's not too different from you know the the amount of time that we spend uh trying to get clients. Yeah. I mean most of um, most of my time at this point is spent um selling. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean selling just in terms of, you know, going out there and, you know, in the traditional salesman role as a designer, a lot of your job is about selling. Yeah. It's about selling the work you do, selling somebody that can, it, it's, can, and I use con, selling to mean convincing, mm-hmm. but I, I very purposely say selling, mm-hmm. um, because I think that's a concept that designers need to get really familiar with.
0: I think that uh, to that exact point, I'm uh, I th- a lot of designers who are maybe starting out don't realize that that's such a big part of it. They go to design right. school or they have their job and they learn about UX design and then suddenly they are the expert and it should just be known that they are able, are, are entitled to making all sorts of decisions. And I think that that's a little bit fueled by this whole like post-glow of Steve Jobs era where it's just like he was the big man who wore the boss pants and got to do anything he wanted. And same with – who's that famous logo designer? Uh,
1: Paul Rand. Paul
0: Rand. Because I think later on in his life, he had the Paul Rand power. Oh, sure.
1: It took, and it took Paul Rand like fifty years in the business yeah. to become the Paul Rand that everybody tr- thinks about. <laughs> I know,
0: and nobody talks about that, but that's why I'm glad that things like um, there's things like Mad Men, uh, where it's all about like you know Don Draper giving his pitches. Because even as like as amazing as that work is, it's only when when it comes to client work, it's kind of only as good as the pitch you can give for it.
1: Yeah, at some point, some. At some point, somebody will tell you the big lie mm-hmm. when you're, you know, in the process of becoming a designer. Uh, that sounds so silence of the lambs. Um, and, the, and the big lie is that your work sells itself. Mm-hmm. And I've, you know, I've seen people who believe this. So they, you know, if, if they just do really incredible work and put it in front of somebody... That's that's it. Well, of course, of course they will recognize the tremendous magnificence of this work I've done. Of course, the meaning of all of this will become clear mm-hmm. the minute I reveal it to this room full of clients. Of course, they will understand the rich tapestry of subtlety and nuance that I've built into these navigational systems and type hierarchies and color selections and you unveil this to the client and somebody from the back of the room says is that puce I don't like puce <laughs> I know <laughs> <laughs> and you are Fucked.
0: And furious, right? And now you're
1: angry because, <laughs> oh my God, didn't they realize you were a genius? Yeah. And you realize, I didn't really prepare anything to say after that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I
1: thought they were just going to get on their knees, weep, and deify me.
0: I've gotten to that point now. I think it's largely from working in client services where like just every, every evening I have at home now is like planning out the conversations that I know I have to have the next day, which sounds super that, crazy. That
1: sounds familiar. Yeah,
0: where it's just like, all right, I have to talk to this person. I know that they're gonna have these objections. Like how, what am I gonna say to them? I'm gonna say this, but then they're gonna say that. And I just play them out in my head over yep. and over again. Like while I'm playing my game of threes, and, I'm uh, so
1: glad that I'm not the only person who does that. No.
0: And actually, I uh, I went and saw Louis C.K. last year, and he had a whole bit about like having fake conversations with people in his head, which was so much funnier than I will ever be able to make that story. But uh, I think that it's a normal thing, thankfully. Is it? Well- Thank God. <laughs> yeah. because
1: Because like, I have all of these choose-your-own-adventure conversations in my head- I
0: know. Same. Where- I even do it with my friends. <laughs> like- so
1: I'm going to pre, I'm I'm going to show the client this work. Mm-hmm. I will say these things. Now what if they say a b c or d? Mm-hmm. All right, let's go down all of those paths. Yep. Let's have replies for all of those things. Mm-hmm. And then okay, now they've said a, I'm going to say this, and now they can reply to that with a b c or d. Mm-hmm. Like fuck, this is getting complicated.
0: Yeah. But you know what? It works out for me a lot of the times because at least with clients who I've worked with enough or if I've done enough of the scenarios, like I've actually been saved by my mental practice. Yeah. Um, Because then I just I can I can hear them start to ask a question and I already have the answer locked down.
1: And you know, I wanna I wanna make sure that everybody understands this is not about talking your way through bad work.
0: Yeah, or talking your way out of anything.
1: No, this the I mean the, the prerequisite for all of this is having done really good work that's right. Mm-hmm. And if you walk in if you walk into a client presentation with really good work and it's it's right or at least somewhat right or pretty close to right, mm-hmm. you still need to sell it. Yeah, You still need to get up there and convince them, okay, I made these decisions with this rationale in mind, and it meets these business objectives that you have.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing is like, there are just so many things that um, we in the design community kind of embrace as fact uh, and obvious things like <clears throat> for... I'm trying to think of like a, an actual example that's happened to us before. We had a, a branding guideline that said uh, do, not to use a tagline underneath their logo, mm-hmm. and they wanted to use a tagline. And it's just like, oh, well, wait, why would you? No, you don't use a tagline there because of this. And then they had this other reason, and then it's just like, God, I don't. I'm not prepared to explain to you why I think that this is wrong, and uh, and that's a tough position to be in because then. I don't know. Then it looks like you're just making stuff up. Yep. And it looks like it's just your opinion against theirs. And um, it's not, but you just have to know what to say in that moment. And that's part of what being a professional is, is knowing how to explain and justify your work.
1: Yep. Um, You got to know how to take a punch. Yeah. Speaking of taking a punch.
0: Is it time to talk about this week's sponsor, Adobe Typekit?
1: That was like the worst, like... Attempt at a segue ever?
0: No, I think there's been worse. Maybe Pro- not. Maybe not on this show. Probably on this. Probably
1: show. on this show. <laughs> so our friends at Typekit just uh, got a bucket load of new fonts.
0: New fonts. New fonts. Oh, I love new fonts.
1: Because apparently, the thousands and thousands of thousands of already great fonts they had just weren't enough. Just weren't enough. They went and got some more. <laughs> So now there's even more to choose from.
0: Even more. Even more. Oh, that's great. And you know what is even greater is that they're so easy to browse.
1: They're easy to browse. They're easy to use. They're easy to implement. They should call, it, they should call themselves easy type kit.
0: <laughs> or they should put a tagline under Adobe Typekit that says it's easy. We're easy. I think we're easy is better. I'm thinking a starburst. A
1: starburst next to the logo we, says easy.
0: For, for our sponsors, do we now provide a design consultation? Yep. Yeah. I think that that's actually a nice thing. Maybe we should offer that.
1: So Typekit works with quality foundry partners to bring you a stunning collection of fonts. And, and let me reiterate, an even bigger stunning collection of fonts. For use in desktop applications and on your website. Did you know this? That you can you can you can use them on your desktop now? Oh, you can? Yeah. Well that's amazing. There's a Creative Cloud plugin that lets you do that. Ah. Just brings you in a bring that those typefaces right into Photoshop. That's fantastic. I know, because that's that was like a a key missing yeah. thing. That's awesome.
0: That's I mean, the only thing I use Photoshop for is pixel art and then making jokey pictures and you know what you need for a good jokey picture is the perfect font font. yeah exactly otherwise like it just doesn't come across
1: so choose the fonts you need from a library featuring thousands of options and then sync them to your desktop with creative cloud or use typekit service to host them on the web that is the world wide web or do both and bring a new level of consistency to the work you produce online and in print
0: Thanks, TypeKit.
1: Thank you, TypeKit.
0: Plus, you know they have good taste because they sponsor our podcast.
1: They've got a, they've, they recently redesigned their site too. I was admiring it too.
0: Yeah, I was looking at that a couple it's days ago. A good
1: looking website. It's
0: a good looking website. Good job,
1: TypeKit. So that's typekit.com. Go get your fonts.
0: So, we're, what were we talking about? You were talking about how you wanted uh, another job.
1: No. We, I think we were both talk. I mean, so. <laughs> I mean let's let's be clear here. People in client services threaten to leave client services on the average of maybe twice a day.
0: Yeah, and we kinda need that to feel like, <laughs> oh, I could get out of this anytime.
1: Right. <laughs> I ain't stuck here. Yeah.
0: I can do anything. Every everybody wants to hire me. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna walk out that door, and I'm gonna go to one of those nineteen billion dollar companies. Yeah, screw all y'all. For my
0: free kombucha. I don't know. I'm so stuck on
1: kombucha. What, I don't even what like- is going on with the kombucha?
0: I, I think it was because I was recently like at a startup that had a kombucha tap, and it's just like kombucha is so like it's not even like of this decade. You know what's you guys. sad?
1: I know where you were. <laughs> I know exactly where you were.
0: I know. I know. Uh, There's only
1: one place that has a kombucha tap.
0: Yeah. I mean, what else? I guess. You know, I do enjoy like the free coconut water that I get at those startup offices.
1: Do you just like pack your bag with that when you go in there? I
0: don't, but I know people who do.
1: So, here's <laughs> Here's here's probably the best way to to describe the differences between working at a startup and working in client services. What did What did you find in the fridge at the startup?
0: Oh god, what didn't I find? Yeah like you can pretty much get anything. Yeah. There is a startup that I know of where the le- legend has it that like they have these people who will just run any errand that's like under $100 for them.
1: So this morning I opened up the fridge and there was an old sandwich and we were out of milk.
0: We have um I can tell you exactly what's in our fridge. It's two Arizona iced teas and one Diet Dr Pepper. <sighs>
1: Client services right client there. Client
0: services. And then I have half a bag of Cheetos, half a uh, half a mini box of Guigaret cereal, um, four almost empty bags of jelly beans. I mean, I, the list could go on, but let's be honest, it's not much longer. Yeah. So we have no cutlery. We have no plates, no running water. Yep. Still, <laughs> we're... <laughs>
1: Just a bucket. You, there's just a a bucket that all that you all keep next to your desks.
0: Yeah, and sometimes you drop a quarter in when you make some money. I don't know.
1: Oh, I was uh, I was thinking of more of like a bedpan situation. Oh no,
0: but there's a there's a there's a bathroom on our floor. Without the running we just, water, we just don't have one of our own. We had that situation at the old mule office. Remember that? That was always fun. Lots of passive aggressive signage, sm- strange smells. Maybe not the ones that you would expect.
1: Do you remember the woman who so at the old Mule office we shared a bathroom and the, there was a hallway bathroom mm-hmm. and that building was getting filled with um they were packing people into into the offices like tighter and tighter every every week. And the um we were just over capacity for bathroom usage. Mm-hmm. So I dreaded having to go to the bathroom in that building. That's why we moved. (laughs) Because going to the bathroom meant like running up and down the stairs until you found the shortest line on six floors Mm -hmm. and then waiting in that line. Mm -hmm. And then there was that one person who always spent like at minimum 20 minutes in the bathroom. (laughs) Yeah. And you could always hear... Like there was a routine that went on. Mm-hmm. It was like flush, run the sink, pull down, pull the paper thing down.
0: Which is like the normal three That's normal, things.
1: but then it repeated itself <laughs> three times.
0: You just got to, you got to make sure you get it all out in one go.
1: And then, <laughs> and then you could hear a match being struck.
0: Oh yeah. You hated that. I know. I
1: hated the match. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I've been in line for twenty minutes, but finally here comes the match. Yeah. So then you walk in and it's like Satan's antechamber with the sulfur.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> oh yeah, I would, I would see also. Like, I was always weirded out because it was like a unis, like one unisex bathroom on our floor. Like the guy opening the door and he's just like not wearing shoes.
1: Oh. You can't go in a bathroom without shoes. (laughs) And
0: like also the door opened in and like there were people that would like hold the door open so that at one point you're both. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There There was one
1: person who would hold it open but in such a way that you were both in the bathroom at the same time.
0: Yeah. Just not good. Not good.
1: That weirded me out. I'm very particular about bathrooms. Like I don't like to see who's come out of the bathroom before I go in.
0: Yeah, I, don't I just like it being a completely anonymous, lonely process. Right. It sounds. It's so this episode sounds like we're dissuading people from entering client services. It's probably so that we uh, lessen our competition. Well, yeah, because yeah, there are only so we're, many we're jobs out there. We're scaring people away. I think it's working. I hope so. <sighs> what uh, What do you love about? What else do you love about it? You love working with clients. What about the people you work with here at Mule? You like them? Sometimes you knock them on the head.
1: Well, not too often.
0: I like the people I, I do. work with. I
1: do. I like the people I work with. Um, you know, I'm always I'm always amazed. Not I'm I'm well, not amazed, but you know, when when there's a client out there and mm-hmm. they can choose to work with anybody they want to, mm-hmm. and they choose to work with you. And these are budgets that they probably had to fight for. They might have been waiting years to do, to to get the budget for this project. Um, this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal for them. They finally, you know, finally redesign their website. They've been waiting years to redesign, mm-hmm. and they decide to do it with us. That I um, I want to do right by those people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I want to make sure that um that they're getting the best possible work that I can give them mm-hmm. and I want to make sure that they never regret that choice of who they went with mm-hmm. and um I feel humbled that of all the choices they could have made they chose us yeah that's and I feel and it's the same with my employees too like these people could work anywhere mm-hmm. these are smart good people here they could go get other jobs they could get jobs with a kombucha tap and instead they for some reason which on some days i don't understand they choose to work here where we don't even have milk
0: (laughs) so scrappy (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a you know the choices we make because i i think about this a lot because i do have a lot of friends that work with their kombucha tap um working at startups where they get uh, equity and their high consistent paychecks. And, um, you know, I don't want to make it sound like I think that my friends have cushy jobs because they don't. We all work exactly, like we all work incredibly hard at well, what we do. Yeah. Um, But, you know, there is also that thing where it's just like, oh, a lot of them have like Do they have a lot of stock in Apple or in Square or in whatever? And it's just like, oh, in two years you guys are going to be millionaires and I'm going to be
1: looking for the next client.
0: Yeah, buying milk because we don't have any. Um, And sometimes I think about like, gosh, you know, why didn't I do that? And then it's like, well, I made that choice for a reason, Um, and I'm doing this for a reason, and I, I have to have more faith in this choice that I've made and this decision that I've made and not think of it as like a step down, but I think of it as like a step up from that.
1: Some days it's easier to remember why we made that choice than others.
0: For sure. Um, Because you think about like, you know, maybe you have more money, but I have, you know, kind of more control and that's worth a lot. I forget how much that kind of creative control over my life is worth, um, especially in the grander scheme of people and their lives in this world I'm pretty lucky you're pretty lucky we can do a lot we have a lot of power we can influence things that's nice I sometimes but milk, I also want to milk would tap. be
1: good too <laughs> I know. I how could, do
0: you have both
1: I think the title for this episode is, is uh, Mike and Jesse sell out <laughs> or just Mike and Jesse. Or Mike and Jesse try to sell out
0: yeah ah <laughs> <sighs> I'm actually I'm on a better upswing with work right now.
1: Do people in client services drink more?
0: <laughs> you know, I don't drink that much. I don't drink that much. I, uh, but I, but like, but in, but but in like the proverbial sense, absolutely. I, I'm drunk all the time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that's a wrap. Yeah, because I think we should go drink now. <laughs>
0: I just need to go fall asleep. I'm going to fall asleep. I'm going to wake up for next week's episode.
1: All right. Do we have a guest next week?
0: Not that I know of.
1: Maybe we can scare one up. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Mike and Jesse's sad attempt at convincing themselves they shouldn't have sold out.
0: (laughs) We promise. We promise that we will have a super upbeat episode next week, just like so disgustingly sugary that you will just want to close your computer and throw it out the window because we're going to be so happy <laughs> and so energetic. That's that's not a promise. That's uh, that's just a, that's an empty promise. All right.
1: Yeah. All right. We'll see you all later.
0: Bye, everybody.